controversy alert. We're talking about the gifts of the spirit today on Life Talks. Josh, this is going to be good. This is what I wanted Dan to be here for because I know he. Here's the thing: when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, it almost feels like there's a thousand different interpretations of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that today. I'm Ben. I'm here with Josh. Uh, I'm the teaching. I'm the lead pastor at Life Fellowship. One of the teaching pastors and. Um, the gifts of the spirit. So Josh, did you grow up in a charismatic background or non-charismatic? It's interesting because, okay. So most Christians are either, either they're either continuationists, which means that you believe that all of the, the gifts of the spirit are around today and are active today, Mm -hmm. or you are a cessationist. And what you believe is that there are certain gifts that are for today. And there are certain gifts that are not for today. So I grew up in a Baptist, independent Baptist background. So what do you think that was, Josh? Man, I don't, I don't, (laughs) independent Baptist, what does that even mean? Who knows? They're independent. Uh, It's true. They, they were strongly cessationist. So the idea that, that the gifts of the spirit in first Corinthians 12 were not for today. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds of how these, there, if you want to look at these, gifts historically. There's been ebbs and flows of how the church has applied and interpreted these gifts. Um, so, so here's one of the things that I think it's really important to remember when it comes to spiritual gifts. Number one, the Bible teaches that we have them because of the Holy Spirit inside of us, hmm. okay? That it's God's will to give them to us, and we do not have them because we we don't earn them. Mm-hmm. We don't have them because we have, uh, uh, you know, oh, I'm doing really well at teaching and exhortation, so God's going to give me more. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that says that the Spirit of God wills us to have these gifts. So this is up to the Holy Spirit, what gifts we have, what gifts we do not have. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, so that's first and foremost. We just got to understand that it's not up to us to get the Spirit or to get the the gifts, the spirit is the, is the one who wills them and determines them in our lives. But what I would say is how we discover them is not by doing a test. Interesting. Okay. This is not about your aptitude for algebra. Hmm. So I know there are a ton of spiritual gift inventories out there. And if you want to listen, if you want to take them, knock yourself out. Are these like quizzes on the internet? For like, yeah, you I mean, have you can, I, I've seen, I've seen like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like straight, it's like Christian strengths finder. Okay. It is because here's the thing: you can literally manipulate those things into whatever you want them to be. Yeah. yeah. But what I I look at it more like this: spiritual gifts are like basketball, more like basketball than algebra. Hmm. What I mean by that is, you know, you are good at basketball if I put a basketball in your hand and say, let's go out to the court and see if you've got any kind of skill. There yeah. are people that if you put a basketball or a soccer ball at their foot and you just put them out in the field, all of a sudden you're like, wait, you've never played before? You're pretty good. You know, that you've got this, there's an aptitude. There's something that some is- Some people are more coordinated with their body some, than some, people some like, people, you know. Yeah, some people are more coordinated. Some, some people have more athletic ability. But the point is, you can look at certain people and say, oh, they were- they're, they are just meant to play basketball. They're just meant to play football. I remember going, do you ever go to a, um, I remember a few years ago, I went to a training camp with my brothers to, uh, you know, this training camp with our favorite team. And you could just tell when you're on the sidelines, you're really close to these guys and mm-hmm. you can just tell 
they're made differently. Yeah. I mean, they just look <laughs> like they are massive human beings yeah. that can run 4-4. Yeah. And you're just like, this is impossible, right? right? They were wired. They're designed that way. Yeah. Look at spiritual gifts that way. You learn your spiritual gifts by doing, by serving, right. by working out in the church. And all of a sudden, the, your gifts will come out and you'll start seeing these gifts. Now, there are three major scripture passages that talk about different giftings. One is in Romans 12. Another one is in 1 Corinthians 12, First uh, Corinthians 12 through 14. So three chapters there. And then Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16. Okay. And they're, they're different. Hmm. They are, they're different lists. And so here's, I'm going to tell you what I believe Good. This is not the official position of the church. This is clearly not what Dan would this say because he's not here. This is not what Dan would say. This is going to probably be different from what you believe. Probably, yeah. Okay? And and I really, I, I talked about this. I got this idea actually from my father because my dad studied this and he and I have talked about this. And his his interpretation of this is one I found very reasonable and something that I would align myself to. Okay. So here's what he, he views these gifts through a Trinitarian lens. Okay. He okay. looks at the gifts of Romans 12 as gifts of the father. He looks at gifts in Romans, or I'm sorry, in first Corinthians 12 to 14 as the gifts of the spirit. And he looks at gifts of Ephesians four as the gifts of Jesus. That's fascinating. Okay. okay? And the reason why he says that is because they're all unique and you can see specifically, especially in, in it's pronounced in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 in Ephesians 4 that these are the, these are these are what Jesus is. Like Ephesians 4 is this is these are the gifts of Jesus, okay? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. This is who Jesus was. He he was the perfect apostle, sent one. He was the perfect prophet. He was the perfect evangelist. He was the perfect shepherd. He was the perfect teacher. He modeled these gifts, these roles yeah. perfectly in his life. Yeah. So when it the Bible says that we that we as a church should have these gifts, that all of us in the church are going to have these burdens, the apostolic, to go out and share Jesus with people, the the prophet that to declare truth. We have the sense of right and wrong and and um we were able to kind of foresee the sense of um, what's going to happen. If you may, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. Um, the evangelists, they're just burdened to share Jesus with everyone. The shepherd is, they're always concerned about, is someone hurting yeah. in the room? Yeah. How does that person, that person's been quiet the entire time. Let's yeah. go talk to them, right? And then the teacher, clarity. Does everyone understand what's going on? Does everyone understand the depth of the doctrines that we're talking about? All of them are needed. Every single one of these gifts are needed, and Jesus modeled them perfectly, hmm. okay? So that's why I call them the gifts of Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 are, because they call them spirit, he calls them spirituals. These are gifts of the Spirit, and, and they are supernatural in a way that um, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, uh, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy— the distinguishing of the spirits, tongues, and, and the interpretations of tongues. Um, these are all things that are have a very supernatural sense about them. Yeah. They are, 
I don't have time to go into them, but you can see where these are on display in the book of Acts as the church is pioneering into new areas. It's yeah. like, you don't have the Bible yet. You don't have the fullness of scripture yet. Therefore, you're going to need some extra help to show people there is a supernatural God behind this supernatural message. Right. Um, that's why I, I would consider myself a modified cessationist or a modified continuationist. I believe that the gifts of the spirit are enacted, but only in times when either the church is at risk of dying off or the church is in is in need of being established in a new community. No, I think that's my tentative view. I, I, that, that's really what I hold up because you see them flare up in times yeah. and all of a sudden they're, they're gone. Right. And it's not because, oh, people, here's what I do know. If you look at how they're supposed to be played out or how they're supposed to be lived out in, in 1 Corinthians 14, I can look at a lot of what's going on in the charismatic churches and say, that's not it. Like I, they don't align with the way that they're supposed to be practiced. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe that these are gifts that are enacted by the spirit when there's a need for them in the infancy of the church. And I, I could go, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds of exegesis, especially in chapters 13 and 14 of why I believe that, but that's mm-hmm. where I, that's where I fall. Yeah. Okay. Then in Ro- then you have the gifts of the of of the Father in Romans twelve, and it doesn't necessarily say gifts of the Father, but here's what I know. Here's the list: prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, and acts of mercy. What's fascinating about that list is you see non-believers have these. Yeah, this is these are image of God gifts. Yeah, these are things that that are in every single human being to reflect something about God's nature. Yeah. Okay. Now I believe what happens when you're a believer, they, they become, they can flourish now to the fullness of what they were meant to be because people can use gifts of teaching in a perverted way. People can use gifts of prophet. What I mean, prophecy, not every time we say prophecy in the Bible means foretelling the future. Sometimes the most of the time that the word prophet or prophecy was used was declaring truth. Yeah. To being someone who's able to discern the right and the wrong, the black and the white, that, that, that's able to point through the the messiness of ideas and say, no, this is the right way. Yeah. Thus says the Lord. Yeah. That's what prophecy is. Now, occasionally that would mean foretelling the future, but that was not primarily the work of hmm. prophecy. So all of these works, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, acts of mercy, are all things that you see in, in limited ways in non-believers, which make, makes me say these are gifts of the Father because they are expressed in all humanity, hmm. all right? So that's how I break up the gifts, the spiritual gifts that we have. So what that huh. means is um, I believe all of us have some gift out of the list in Romans 12. I think every single one of us has one of those that that comes to comes to life when, when we're following the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I believe all of us have a burden like that Ephesians 4 passage, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. All of us have some one of those burdens in us. And, and really, it's interesting because the most people that have this kind of burden, they try to find the church like that. Because mm, every, right. every preacher— Okay, so, okay, so, so here's yeah. the thing. You will have a pastor that is more prophetic, mm-hmm. more of a prophet, like— person that comes to mind to me would be like John MacArthur. Yeah. 
people who love John MacArthur, they like want their pastor to beat them up every week and tell, just tell me how bad of a sinner I am. Mm -hmm. Tell me how wretched I, tell me the wretchedness of my soul. You know, they just want to be flogged from the pulpit every single week. And they want someone who's going to stand for truth and preach the truth. And if you're not going to be as harsh on us, you're like compromising the gospel. Well, you know, you're going to be attracted to the guy that the burden you feel like the church needs to be doing this. Does the church need to be doing this? Of course it does. Right. But it's not the only gift. Yeah. Okay. People who are going to be attracted to the, you know, most attractional big churches are led by evangelists. All they care about is we got to tell more people about Jesus. We got to tell more people about Jesus. And so people are attracted to that. We just want, sometimes they're more shallow because they don't go beyond. You need to to believe in Jesus. Um, Pastors who are shepherds are filled with people that want care and, Oh, my pastor just loves me. We just have the best potlucks every mm-hmm. single month, and our and we just he a pastor visits every home, yeah. and yeah. and a I lot just of small groups. my pastor knows me by name, and I mean they yeah. want that church experience. Why? Because they have the burden of the shepherd. Yeah. Okay. Then you have the burden of the teacher. Man, I just want deep Bible teaching. I want clarity. Mm-hmm. I want to know the depths of the Greek words and how it intersects with this passage and this passage. And what ends up happening is, um we end up going to churches that we're attracted to our burden. Yeah. And so we find pastors who display that, who are that, and that just comes out of them. Yeah. The problem with that, Josh, is that many churches are one dimensional. Yeah. You have churches that love to shepherd and care and comfort their members, Mm -hmm. but they're not reaching anyone. Yeah. You have churches that are amazing at outreach and they're they're sharing the gospel every week and people are coming and getting saved, but there's no discipleship. There's no like teaching them beyond Jesus saves you. Yeah. You have churches that are filled with, man, we know what you're against, but we don't really know what you're for. Uh-huh. Okay. So the the problem with all of these things is the reason why you go back to Ephesians 4, said Paul is saying you need the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ is in all five of these gifts. Every church needs these gifts. One of the things I I want when I, we look at leaders in a church, I always kind of think about where which one of our elders has one of these voices. Mm. Because I want to make sure that we have a good representation of godly men who feel these burdens. Because there's going to be times when our church needs to be more prophetic. There's going to be times our church needs to be more evangelistic. There's times our church needs to be more shepherding. And no church is going to do this perfect. But to me, this is the call of us to say, can we be a church that can express all five of of these giftings? Because that's what the fullness of Christ is. And if you only want to be around the huddle of your own gifting of your the shepherding or the teaching, and you're getting your scratch itched, but you're forgetting the other four giftings that right. are needed in the expression of the fullness of Christ. Right. Okay. That to me becomes one of the great problems of American Christianity, that most pastors aren't aware of their giftings and most people are not aware of their burden of, I want a church that's like this. So if you come to our church and say, we need more of this, you know what I would say? Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you're a part of our church and you feel something that we're not doing because maybe God's given you this gift and this burden to say, we need to do more of this. Hmm. Praise God for that. Hmm. Don't, 
leave a church because it's not meeting the fullness of your expectations. Maybe one of the things God's done is brought you to that church to help you learn to lead the church to do that that burden that gifting better. Yeah. So these are all things that that I when it comes to the spirit I think there's so much confusion and I think every Christian has one of the five burdens or giftings of of Jesus. Yeah. I think every single one of I think every single Christian has one of the of the uh seven in Romans chapter 12. And I think that if there are times when the church is at risk, I think that there are times when the spirit might give us one of these gifts when it's needed. And in first yeah. Corinthians chapter 12, um, that is Ben Rudolph's interpretation of spiritual gifts. I mean, it was so well argued that it's kind of like now it's so hard to debate because now I'm kind of like, yeah, that makes more sense than anything that I've heard before. So a few thoughts and a few questions yes, on the top sure. of my head yeah, yeah. if you want to take them. So one, so this last thought on, so like the, on, on when you're like looking at churches and stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to try to extend this a little bit and you tell me if this, yeah. is, if this is right. It, it seems like one of the wisdom principles that like application points that we could take from yeah. this to use pastor lingo would be like, okay, so I, I'm, I'm big on the teaching thing, right? I'm looking for the clarity and the nuances and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, you know, that's you, that's me. So naturally every church I've, I've looked for ever since I got to choose the ones that I go to, <laughs> like that's one. So is it like love languages kind where of. we are yeah. sort of like, you know, we are so naturally ordered towards I'm going to love people the way that I want to be loved. And yes. we, just, like, we have to remind yeah, ourselves yeah. to not do that. Yeah. It seems like this would mean, it doesn't mean I shouldn't go to church with good teaching, but it means like if, if I ever did in some alternative universe have to look for another church, yeah. or this one I went away yeah. or something yeah. like that, then I need to be extra emphasizing, like really looking, okay, are they good at comforting? Are yes. they good at these other things? Yes. Because I'm not naturally yes. ordered towards yes. emphasizing this. Yeah, what you need is to be a part of a church where are saying, are these all five these represented? Yeah, And, and again, the... No, again, I don't believe any church. I don't believe there's going to be one church that hits a home run out of all five of these. Yeah, I think what you're going to have is you're going to have a primary. You could probably do two of them very well. You're going to do two probably mediocre, and you're going to do one that's like, man, we just we really are bad at this. Yeah, <laughs> and we need to get better at this. It doesn't mean you forget it. It just means okay, maybe. God needs to bring more people that are like this yeah. to our church. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you typically find is you typically find apostles, prophets, and evangelists working in parachurch ministries. Yep. Typically, because you know what? The, the typical American church, the way it's made, is built to highlight the shepherd and the teacher. Yeah. And it's not typically meant to be really, to resonate a lot. Apostles, prophets, and evangelists get really frustrated with the church structure. And that's why they start their parachurch ministries. And mm. and that's why you see a lot of them out there. But but I think as a person who lo- is looking for a church, you want a church that has, hey, are these, do I see at least an expression of these in, in some level? Yeah. And if there's something lacking, what can I do about that? Yeah. Because I think a lot of times what people say, well, I don't, I don't like how the, church does this. Well, okay. Well, my, my first, my first challenge to anyone who ever comes to me and says, I don't like, or I, I don't see us doing this is, okay, can you help us to do that? Yeah. I don't, cause I don't want to, a lot of times people have great ideas Yeah, 
And I just know that we, I can't do it all. Yeah. I'm spinning plates right now. I think this might be a more special thing about you than you realize. What do you mean? I don't think there are, I I think there are a lot of pastors who, when they, when someone comes up to them and says, I think this church could do something better, I think they get defensive and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I've already got 80 hats (laughs) I'm wearing. And most pastors I don't think are even aware of these five giftings and burdens and look at them Mm. and say, oh, I'm actually producing a church full of comforters Mm. and shepherds. Or I'm just a church full of deep theological thinkers, yeah. but we don't really do, like they're completely content with saying, yeah, church compromises down there because they only care about this. And you're like, well, maybe they're not compromisers. Maybe they're just expressing their evangelistic gifts, but that's all that they do. Yeah. If you only do what's natural to you, yeah. you never get a chance to grow. Yeah. I and, like that. and I think like I'm wired, my two wirings out of these five, if you're wondering, yeah. Um, is apostle and shepherd. Those Not are my evangelist. No, I was sure evangelist no. would be one because you care so much about well, evangelism. I care, but it, it's my. Uh, it's not your it's natural. My, it's my ap- It's not my natural, but it's it's also my apostolic that drives it. Okay, a- apostles are driven by movement. Yeah, apostles are driven by like I. I would be so content to blazing a trail and not caring like you, you got to follow me you know yeah. i want to i want to forge new trails i want to plant new churches i always want to create something new yeah and the people that are like hey no we need to like pave the roads and build rest stops and yeah. i'm like no 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 let's clear the trees yeah and there's only a few amount of people that really love to clear trees yeah and I, i've had to learn how to listen to my shepherds and teachers that balance me to say, no, 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 we need to slow down, bring clarity. Um, I need prophets in my life to discern my apostolic gifting to say, okay, what is really the best thing for us to do? We need discernment right now. What uh, out of your 10 great ideas that you think you have, what's the one or two you think we need to do right now? So all of these gifts are, we don't want any of them expressed on their own because on their own, they just get really messy and they, yeah. they miss out on the fullness of the expression of Jesus. Yeah. So, all right. If we can go just a couple minutes more, I want to <laughs> ask you a question that I know Dan would never ask you. Okay. Um, I want to make an observation okay. and just set you up to tell me the things that you, that it makes you think of. And I think it's going to clarify even some of this whole yeah. experience stuff. So let's talk about charismatics as far as, okay. Cause okay. neither of us were charismatic. So yep. we didn't really have yep. much of a charismatic yep. thing, uh, uh, debate here. And I have noticed, I feel really conflicted because on one hand, so I'm going to put on my worship leader hat. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, my favorite times in my life, of leading churches. worship have been at charismatic yeah. churches. They just they do it right, man. They seem like they do it yeah, right. Is yeah. like charismatic churches. Right, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this. Yeah. Some of them do it right. Yes. So, fair, some fair. of them so, there's a I think one of the things I love about the charismatic church yeah. and my P- Pentecostal brothers and sisters. Yeah. They really, I think, have recaptured a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that mm. I think has been lacking. Yeah. I think when I grew up, it was very much truth, truth, truth. Make sure that, you know, look at the abuses of these people doing mm-hmm. these kinds of things. But just because someone abuses something doesn't mean that you throw out everything they're doing. I think yeah. the reason why God has allowed the rise of the charismatic and Pentecostal movement within the church today across the globe, are there... Are there uh, people that are abusing it? Absolutely. But what I also believe is that God has allowed this to happen to help us recapture 
a sensitivity to him that we don't grow cold. Like God, remember when he confronted the church of Ephesus, like you've lost your first love. There's no love anymore. Hmm. You care so much about the deep truths of the word, but you don't really love me. And what I love about my Pentecostals brothers and sisters, there's such a sensitivity. And there's also a sense of the the spiritual forces of darkness that I think they bring mm-hmm. an awareness to that. Mm-hmm. Now, again, sometimes they can turn into a demons behind every bush. Yep. And again, I, I don't yep. agree with that, yep. but I think that they bring a perspective that yep. is needed to say, Oh, there's spiritual warfare going on here. And, and we need to be more sensitive to that as well. So I think what happens is God in the fullness of his sovereignty allows certain tribes to, arise within Christianity. Mm. And even though there might be things that were like, I'm not sure if that's, I know I would not agree with everything they do. I know, I know, I believe the evangelical church has benefited from the rise of Pentecostals and charismatics in in Mm. some, at some level, in some way. Now, again, there's some perversions of health and wealth, prosperity gospel that I would just are anathema to me, but I literally watched someone teach someone, Teaching newbie how to pray in tongues. Yeah, it's like I was like, okay, well, as soon as you're doing that, then this, 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 I don't think this is what it's I mean, to holy be. laughter. I've been in groups where they try to teach mm-hmm. you holy laughter, Slain and I spirit. like, I, I got to get That's out of this. Room. I don't, I don't believe a lot of the stuff that Bethel Church does. Like, mm-hmm. I just have a lot of problems with a lot of the stuff that happens yeah. in some of these uh, Hillsong Bethel churches. Um, but I do. I, I have enough friends who are Pentecostals, Charismatics, yeah. that I look at their walk with Jesus and their love for Jesus, and say, "I'm glad that you're a part of the body of Christ." Yeah. So, in 60 seconds, answer this final question: How can the rest of us do a better job of learning from that? Like, if we it, like, because because I think it's also true of the Black Church. I think I think the, a, oh, worshiping yeah. in a Black Church is just a different, it's different, but in category, and it shouldn't be. I so, think, what can we do as the white, you know? Heady, including me. I am not one of the guys out there yeah. in the congregation who are like raising their hands. I, I think, need an instrument in front of I me. I think to what get, we have to yeah. ask ourselves, I, 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 what I would say is let's not manufacture stuff. I've been around worship leaders like, raise your hands, do this. I'm like, yeah. I think the biggest thing is, God, I don't want to be ashamed of you. Yeah. And I want my love for you to drive what I do. Yeah. So love and not like I'm looking around like, how are people going to think about me? When you're in the audience worshiping God yeah. as he's really the audience. Stop thinking about what people are thinking and saying, what are people going to think and say about me if I do this, if I raise my hand, if I, you know, I move a little bit back and forth. Like there's nothing, I mean, we just, I just, I was going way too long and I I, I will end with this (laughs) because I actually have to go. We, we went to the Timothy initiative missions conference. And one of the things they did was they went around the world and they were showing things that were happening around the world. And they had a baptismal service from Kenya. What's that look like? Josh, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. I'm assuming they're in a river. They're just in this open river and people are coming down. But the entire time they are dancing their hearts out. I mean, and they are moving, they're dancing, they're singing, they're clapping. They, I mean, it is a wow. it is a celebratory experience. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love the expression yeah. of who they are. They weren't trying to like it wasn't for cameras or anything. Yeah. Even though they were videoing it, yeah. They it were just yeah. they're out in nature. Yeah. 
and there's an open water and people are lined up and they're just getting baptized. And you could just tell, they don't care if there's a camera on them. Yeah. This is an, this is a moment of celebration. And so they're dancing, they're cheering, they're singing, they're, they're clapping, they're moving. I mean, it was just one of these things. I'm like, I just, I just wish I was there. I know. Because, right. because that's the kind of thing, but what was it? That was a genuine expression of who they were. That was a genuine expression of who they were in response of the love of Christ for them. Yeah. And that's what we need to get back to. Amen. Okay. Um, man, this was, this was a, I hope this was enlightening. I hope this was encouraging, maybe challenging. Um, write us, lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. If you have questions uh, through any of these the Theology 101 episodes, things that we talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we don't want Josh to be the only one to ask questions. So send us Come your on. questions and we want to hear from you. But thank you again for joining us on Life Talks. Next time we'll talk about anthropology, the doctrine of man. Looking forward to that. So join us next time on Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.